Executive Director of the Department of Emergency Management. First, I want to begin by thanking Mayor Breed for her leadership and my colleagues here today for their continued leadership uh, during these last few difficult days. Yesterday, we implemented a curfew in San Francisco. We know that many of you came out to protest peacefully, and we want to continue to urge everyone to express themselves with respect as we deal with these difficult issues of inequity in our society. I want to thank many of the San Franciscans who stayed home last night to help keep your fellow San Franciscans and our city safe. I also want to thank all of our public safety, our city agencies, and coordinating partners who have worked together over the last few days to help our community peacefully express feelings and to continue to protect local businesses and our community as a whole. Finally, I want to remind everyone that we do continue to be in a significant and very serious public health emergency response. And so therefore, we urge everyone to continue to practice the mitigations and safe practices to protect yourselves and others. And this includes wearing masks and maintaining distance whenever possible. Finally, I am going to introduce our Chief of Police, Bill Scott. I want to thank Chief Scott for his leadership and for the leadership and work of his, uh, his officers and the department over the last few days to help maintain safety and calm in our city. Chief Scott. Thank you, Director Carroll, and good morning, everyone. I'm Chief uh, Bill Scott of the San Francisco Police Department. And I, too, first want to thank our Mayor London Breed for her leadership during this really unprecedented time that we've endured over the last couple of months to go and continue to be in a global pandemic and then to have the civil unrest that we're seeing across the country is, is unprecedented. These are very challenging times, and our Mayor, uh, Mayor London Breed, has shown extraordinary leadership. Secondly, um, let me say thanks to Director Mary Ellen, er, Mary Ellen Carroll, excuse me, our Director of the Department of Emergency Management. It takes a lot of coordination to have effective city response to all the challenges that we're facing. And Director Carroll and her team are responsible for coordinating all the, the, all the resources, both uh, the city resources and all the public re resources and the community resources that have taken their time and energy to help take care of the challenges in this city, and that takes a lot of work. So thank you, Director Carroll, for your leadership. I'm going to start off um, before I give you a breakdown of how the last night and couple of nights have gone. Just start off with a reminder of why we are here in the first place. You know, to see the loss of life as we've seen it of Mr. Floyd has caused an enormous and now worldwide response in terms of what people are feeling and expressing their frustrations and anger. I think many of us, including me, and I'll speak for myself, um, share those emotions. 
and we know that there's a lot of work to be done in policing in our country, and we know that reform and change is needed, and it's a very, very important topic. When those changes occur, it won't bring back the lives that have been lost. It won't bring back the people that have lost their lives at the hands of law enforcement. But well, what it will do is provide hope for the future. And as the chief and your chief of the San Francisco Police Department, I want you all to know that we are committed to those changes. Our collaborative reform initiative and the things that we're doing, I know we have a lot of work to do and we, we have just really began to, to move the needle on change, but we know that that work has to be done and we're committed to do that. Constitutional policing, respect for all, providing safety with respect, those are the things that you demand of the San Francisco Police Department and we intend to deliver and that is the commitment that I will make to you as your Chief of Police. The last few days have been very trying. Saturday night, as was reported, we had looting, we had massive vandalism damage in our city. The downtown area, Union Square, the Westfield Mall, uh, there were stores across the city that were looted, and it was a very trying time. We didn't have enough resources. Officers felt overwhelmed. I, I went out Saturday night and talked to officers, and it was, it was pretty sobering because we were overwhelmed. You know, we did all we could, and we were able to do some things very successfully. We, we didn't have any structures, thanks to our great partners with the fire department, and you'll hear from Chief Nicholson shortly. But a lot of people lost a lot. Businesses were destroyed. Businesses were looted. Property was lost. Those are real economic challenges that now people who have, many of them, have spent their lives building their livelihood have to restart and take yet another hit on top of what they had to take on the COVID. And that causes a lot of anxiety, caused a lot of people to want to get out and express themselves. So we had protests, which by and large have been peaceful in our city, but we have had criminal activity to occur. We have had people that have come or have been in these protests that were there to create chaos, that were there to destroy, that were there to take, that were there to take advantage. And those are the people that we have to make sure that we hold accountable. Saturday night, I, my report yesterday, I reported that we made 10 felony arrests for looting. And after we finished processing all the information, there were actually 33 arrests. Of those 33, 19 of them have been presented to the district attorney's office for charging. And at this point, I think we have 19 that the district attorney's office have or is in the process of filing those cases. Because of the urgency of this civil unrest, our mayor asked the state of California and Governor Newsom for additional resources. And the California Department, our Office of Emergency Services, came through and they provided 208 additional law enforcement officers that were sent to San Francisco yesterday. And we deployed those officers yesterday and they were a tremendous help. And I'm gonna tell you the difference that I saw in the officers last night. I told you Saturday night, it was just a feeling that of over, being overwhelmed. Last night, the officers had a sparkle in their eyes because they were given the resources 
and given the support by the mayor's curfew order to do what was needed to keep our city safe. Now, we're only talking about one day. We have a long way to go and there's still a lot going on, but yesterday was a good day. In terms of the curfew enforcement, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. If you are not one of the exempted categories, which are basically emergency workers, such as police officers, hospital workers, firefighters, and people who provide emergency services, you cannot be outside of your homes after 8 o'clock. We had peaceful protests that estimated crowd sizes of approximately five to 6,000 people yesterday, and they started out uh, peaceful. They went to the Hall of Justice and they marched throughout the city, but there were instances of violence even from the beginning. We had two officers who were assaulted, one by a skateboard and one attempted assault by a stun gun type of device, and those individuals responsible for that were arrested. Throughout the evening, we saw other incidents of vandalism that we were able to quickly address. We saw an attempt to loot a business. We were able to quickly address that and arrest those individuals. And we saw a lot of people who we believed were there for the sole purpose to commit criminal acts. Because of the assistance that the mayor got for our city, because of those 200 plus law enforcement officers, we were able to prevent that from happening. At 8 p.m., there was a protest still going in front of Civic Center. Our captain who was in charge of that particular protest or monitoring that protest, Captain Joe Engler, read a dispersal order shortly after 8 p.m. based on what was outlined in the curfew order. We gave those individuals who were there protesting an opportunity to leave and gave them ample time to leave. We immediately saw hostility, objects being thrown at the officers, fires being lit. The officers negotiated the situation, but ultimately they arrested 34 people for violation of the curfew order from that group. That continued for about an hour and there were other groups who attempted to assemble. And when it was all said and done, there were 87 people arrested last night for violation of the curfew order. Among those people, we recovered a loaded firearm. We, we recovered a backpack full of fireworks and explosives. And we recovered other items that I believe were there for the sole purpose of being used as either weapons or being used to vandalize and destroy property. Here's the point that I want everybody to hear. We embrace peaceful protests. We embrace in the city of San Francisco people to express themselves. We will not embrace violence against anyone, against other protesters, against police officers, against property. We will not accept that. 
We've been given the tools to do our jobs, and the curfew is another tool. And I understand, believe me, how restrictive this is. This is almost unprecedented in this city. But this is something that we have to do to keep order in this city at these current times. In addition to the 87 arrests that I had mentioned, there were also 33 other citations for curfew violations in the area of the Civic Center. And there were also arrests in other parts of the city for criminal activity during this period yesterday. Overall, though, yesterday was a very good day, particularly compared to Saturday. There was sp uh, sporadic vandalism. There were attempts to loot. But with the help of our law enforcement partners, including sheriff, our sheriff, Paul Miyamoto, who you'll hear from shortly, and the 208 officers that the mayor was able to secure to help us, we were able to do our jobs and keep our city safe last night. Today is another day. We don't know what to expect. We know we have a peaceful protest scheduled this morning. Um, these events are very fluid. What I will ask and remind everybody is two things that we need you to remember. We are still in the midst of a global pandemic, first and foremost. Second thing is we cannot get back to normal until we restore and maintain order in our city. The police department is only a small part of that solution. We have 800 to 1.5 million people day in and day out in the city when you talk about the daytime population. We need compliance by voluntary willingness to do the right thing. That's the fabric that this nation depends on. Law-abiding people to follow the laws and understand that the police officers that are sworn to protect and serve are doing the work of the will of the people. And believe me, I, I understand that we have to do that in a fair and just manner. I understand what got us here, believe me. And many of my colleagues, including our sheriff, understand that as well. But we need the public to do the right thing, stay inside, please abide by the curfew order so we can get back to normal, so our mayor can make the decision to lift the restrictions when we have order in our city, when businesses can enjoy their livelihood and, and conducting their business without having to board up their windows. And that will not happen until we have some order in our city. So for the people that want to express themselves, we welcome you to San Francisco but we need you to do it peacefully. With all the anger aimed at my life's profession, policing, I understand and I accept it. But I will ask also this of you. If you know a police officer, you have one in your family, you have one that you're friends with, or even if you don't know them, we need your support. We really need your support. If you know somebody in this profession, let them know that you support them. And with that, I'll turn it over to our sheriff, Sheriff Paul Miyamoto. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Scott, and uh, good morning, everyone. 
I want to start also first by thanking the mayor, Mayor London Breed, for her leadership and her fortitude in making decisions uh, which affect the community, but which lead to the ability for all of us in public safety to make sure that everybody is safe as they share their feelings and they express their feelings in the community over the recent events that have occurred nationwide. As the chief mentioned as well, we stand ready to continue to ensure that people are safe as they express these feelings through the many protests, both planned and unplanned, and the many actions that will be taken to share those feelings with the rest of the community. The curfew that is still in effect has been very helpful in making sure we maintain safety for all. It has been challenging these few days, and I want to also at this time thank everybody in public safety who has been out there dealing with the many problems and challenges that has faced all of us as a community. Uh, more importantly, I want to make sure that we thank all of the different agencies that have come here. Uh, the mutual aid request that was sent out that led to the many different officers and deputies from different areas, both in Northern California, the peninsula, and Southern California, led to the ability for all of us to make sure that everyone was safe as we enforced the curfew and also look to making sure everyone remains safe during the COVID pandemic and the health orders that we are still under. The challenges that we faced collectively over the past weekend uh, were met with the strength and resolve of the members of public safety who exercised discretion and restraint in making sure that we protected those who were out there uh, both peacefully and to also ensure that those that were out there with malice intent uh, were uh, controlled and taken care of. We want to at this time also make sure that everyone is aware as we stand on duty and protect the public. We kneel in our hearts in regards to the many issues that we face collectively. And we hold those emotions inside as we ensure the safety of all on the outside. Uh, in regards to the operations over the weekend, uh, as a result of the many arrests that were made uh, to prevent the looting and vandalism that occurred on Saturday. Sunday night, we did uh, issue citations and release 64 of the individuals that had been arrested on both infractions and misdemeanors. Uh, we did hold over of the many felonies that were booked and arrested as well. Uh, currently 23 individuals at our intake and release center. Our jail count right now has risen and increase somewhat due to the many recent events. Uh, we still stand at 50% capacity in the jails and we still uh, work to ensure that there is social distancing and ability to meet the challenges of ensuring that there is not a COVID pandemic outbreak in the jail system with our justice involved in custody population. I also would like to thank the staff who have been doing a wonderful job in the sheriff's office for their commitment to everybody's safety, both our in-custody staff and those that have been out on the street, uh, the protection of the public buildings and locations, uh, which have been targeted in other areas and other cities, uh, for the most part, has been maintained uh, as we facilitate other protests and demonstrations throughout the course of this week. Uh, we hope to continue to work with the leadership of these groups and organizations to ensure peaceful protests. 
I want to personally thank the organizers from yesterday's event that was referenced in the front of City Hall for making announcements to the group to ensure that there would be compliance with the curfew, to ensure that people, after voicing their concerns, would go home and adhere to the 8 o'clock curfew time. The vast majority of those individuals did adhere to that, and the people that remained were the people that had intentions of committing other acts. Uh, our staff is on duty and ready to deal with everything. The courts and the many courtrooms that we have at the Hall of Justice and the Civic Center Courthouse uh, at the Hall of Justice remain open today. The Civic Center Courthouse is closed today, and we wait to hear from the courts as to when they will open again. I want to close by, before I introduce Chief Janine Nicholson from San Francisco Fire Department, I want to close by saying again that all of us stand ready here as members of public safety to ensure that people are able to express their feelings, to ensure that we have the ability to exercise our First Amendment rights in a peaceful environment, free of any concerns of the many things that we have witnessed in other areas of the country. Please understand that the challenges that we face together are what will bring us together as a community. And the foundation that we have in regards to how we've dealt with the COVID pandemic over the months and how we've come together as a community should translate into how we also deal with the many issues that we face now in light of the call for making sure we hold people accountable in our profession as law enforcement professionals, in making sure that we support and work towards creating a better system in regards to social justice, a better system in regards to some of the criminal justice reforms that have been asked for. And I, like the chief, pledge and commit that the sheriff's office will be a part of the growth and the change that people would like to see. At this time, I'd like to introduce Chief Nicholson. Good morning, everyone. San Francisco Fire Chief Janine Nicholson. I can stay, say that I'm very proud to stand here um, and say that I work for Mayor London Breed. Uh, and I'm very proud to work with my public safety partners uh, here, uh, Mary Ellen Carroll, uh, Chief Bill Scott, and uh, Sheriff Paul Miyamoto. I'm also extremely proud of uh, the San Francisco Fire Department, our firefighters, EMTs, and paramedics. Um, as always, uh, they, they, uh, they respond when called, and they did an outstanding job this weekend of keeping people safe and keeping themselves safe. Uh, during the curfew, just a couple numbers. Um, during the hours of the curfew last night, we had uh, 140 EMS calls, which is a little higher uh, than uh, normal uh, at night. Uh, we had 50 fire-related calls uh, and approximately... Uh, 20 fires that we extinguished. Um, for for uh, Saturday night, uh, it was much higher than that. Uh, last night was not as uh, um, the uh, our public safety partners were able to um, uh, really um, uh, bring some order to the streets. 
So what I can say is we know that there is um, a need for continued efforts uh, as it comes to race and equity and social justice, um, and there needs to be a lot of growth and healing. Uh, the civil, rest, uh, civil unrest and protest didn't come out of nowhere, uh, and we as a city family are well aware of that. What I want to say to people is please remember during this time there is still a COVID pandemic out there. So please wear your masks, uh, you practice social distancing, uh, and take care of yourselves and one another's. Um, thank you for your continued support and for heeding the curfew. And as always, the San Francisco Fire Department is here for you. Thank you. The question, our questions for today's press conference are for San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott. Okay, Chief, uh, your first question is from Mel Baker, San Francisco Public Press. Our reporters encountered police officers who were not wearing masks. What is the policy for officers in the field? Our officers are asked and required to wear masks because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I will say there are situations where I have seen officers either remove the mask or partially remove it so they can be heard clearly. And depending on the situation, it's very important, particularly when you're giving uh, directions in tense situations, that communications occur that is clear and articulable. And I know just me personally, sometimes when I'm talking to people and I'm wearing my face covering my mask, I have to take it off partially so people can understand what I'm saying clearly without the muffled sound from the mask. So our policy is officers are required to wear masks. Policing is a very fluid environment, and there are occasions where it might be necessary for the officer to remove masks. So I don't know what the, what's the uh, driving that question, but the policy is that officers are to wear their masks, their face masks. Thank you, Chief. Can you please outline SFPD's policy when it comes to interactions with members of the press at demonstrations, and under what circumstances an officer may restrain or arrest a member of the press? Members of the press are, when they are identified as members of the press, are allowed to be uh, anywhere that the public can be. There are, there are situations where we, uh, law enforcement officers, can close off an area due to safety concerns, and the penal code, California Penal Code gives us the authority to do that. But absent that condition, uh, members of the press can be anywhere where other members of the public can be. They can't be in the interior of a crime scene or an area deemed closed off because of a crime scene or an investigation, but they can be anywhere that the general public. As far as interactions and the arrest of members of the press, only in the event of that member of the press committing criminal activity. Um, nobody is exempted from criminal activities, including the press, so absent that, press members are allowed to be anywhere that anybody else can be. Next question is from Bagad Shaban, NBC Bay Area. What is the importance of having a police force that reflects the demographics of the community they police? And are you satisfied with the diversity of your department and why? 
you know, the San Francisco Police Department actually strives, and we are a very diverse uh, department. Um, so I'm satisfied generally with the diversity of the department. We are a very diverse department. We reflect the, the makeup of the city and county of San Francisco, and, and in some cases uh, we exceed that. For, for instance, our department is about 9% African-American, and this, the makeup of the city is about 6% African-American. You know, so it fluctuates depending on the demographic that you're talking about. But overall, yes, I am pleased. And we strive. We recruit a diverse pool of candidates, and we will continue to do that. Our uh, demographics for uh, female officers is among the top of the scale in terms of national statistics. We have about uh, 17 to, 15 to 17%, depending on uh, which year you're looking at. Currently, I think it's closer to 16% women in the department, uh, which is above the national average. But we are always striving to be a diverse department because diversity brings value because of the different perspectives that it brings to our policing profession. And that is needed. Everybody has a perspective, a point of view, um, based on their experiences. And when you have a diverse collective of perspectives, you usually have a better product in terms of policing, a better outcome. Next question is from Melly Nutter, um, ABC7. Of the total number of people arrested in protest and in curfew violations, can you please give us the breakdown of where these individuals are from, what cities, and have these individuals already been released? Um, I think the sheriff spoke to that. The individual, let me answer the first question first. Uh, that information is still in process as far as where they're from. Um, we, our initial assessment of Saturdays, when I reported on Saturday, I reported the 10 felonies that were booked for looting. Of those 10 felonies, seven were from the city of San Francisco, three were from other cities. Um, the arrest last night, that information is still being processed. We were here and officers were working throughout the night. And as the sheriff said, that booking process to book uh, in a mass arrest situation is very time consuming. So those reports and that information is still being processed and we'll deliver that information as soon as we have accurate information. But for the information that I reported yesterday on the 10, seven of the 10 were from the city of San Francisco. Thank you, Chief. Your next question is from Joe Eskenazi, Mission Local. From where were the 208 officers that came in for mutual aid drawn from? They were from all over the state, as far south as uh, Santa Barbara County. Um, they were from some of the counties north of us. They were from all over the state. I had an opportunity last night uh, at the end of their shift to actually uh, go and thank them. And uh, I saw officers from all over. So the way mutual aid works is when the call goes out for mutual aid, they, the organizers, who, whoever's organizing on that particular day, will reach out to the agencies from all over the state. And based on what's going on in their city or county, uh, if they can afford or have the, 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 the luxury of sending resources, they will. And so it's hit or miss. You know, some counties had the same challenges that we did. Some cities had the same challenges we did. They were not able to send resources. But um, it's from all over the state. So uh, we really appreciate the help. And, like to thank definitely again the mayor for her leadership on that issue and the governor for for granting us those resources are there any quarantine factors that will have to be met before the curfew is listed lifted 
I'm sorry, can you repeat that one? Sure. Are there any uh, quarantine factors that will have to be met before the curfew is lifted? Um, this is a very complex situation we're in. And again, I, I said earlier, we're still in the midst of a global pandemic, so quarantines are a very real thing. Um, one, really, in terms of the, the curfew being lifted, quarantines won't impact that. What impacts that is order in our city, is not seeing individuals come into our city or any, even the people that live here and looting, destroying property, hurting people, um, causing just total havoc. That has to stop. And how this works is I give my advice as the police chief to the mayor. The mayor makes the decision. And my advice to the mayor is as long as we see what we, we've seen in the last couple of days, I'm going to advise her that to, to not lift the curfew. And she has to make a decision. And she has a tremendous responsibility. I can tell you I know that decision weighs heavy on her. She understands what's at stake. But we have to see an improvement in the behavior before my recommendation to the mayor would be to lift that curfew. Next question is from Trisha Thadani, San Francisco Chronicle. Do you have an estimated cost of damage caused this weekend? No, I don't. I can just tell you from what I saw and what I continue to see, uh, it was an extensive amount of damage in the city. But again, I'm gonna, I, I want to applaud our city family uh, with the mayor's leadership because our, our director of, of public works, um, I talked to him in the 3 o'clock in the morning on, on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and he got up out of his bed and started the cleanup process. And by daybreak, Union Square was clean. He accelerated the board up process, helping businesses board up their businesses so they w would not suffer at least further exposure from their businesses being open while in the midst of all that's going on. So that's a tremendous amount of work. And you know, it took some leadership and it took a lot of partnership from many city agencies to make that happen. Our city administrator, Naomi Kelly, uh, because that department is under her, her, her wing, that was a tremendous effort. And the one thing that the mayor and I can say this because she said this directly to me, and I echo this. We did not want San Francisco to wake up and for San Franciscans to see this city torn up. So we were committed as a city family to do everything we needed to do to clean up the damage that had been done Saturday night. And Public Works did an outstanding job to get that done. If you go to Union Square right now, you will see damage. They cleaned up all the graffiti immediately. Um, they, like I said, we're still in the process of boarding up, but that's a tremendous overtaking because what it really gets to is resiliency, the ability to bounce back to normal. This is a resilient city, and I'm, I'm proud to stand side by side with all the department heads that are making this happen, but we are a resilient city, and we will come back. Does the city uh, incur additional costs uh, when it uh, gets resources from other cities? There is a process for that, and you know we have a whole wing of the city that, that's keeping tabs on the time that's spent to address this public emergency, and there is a reimbursement. But there's a lot of state procedures that uh, are involved in that. That's, that's not in my wheelhouse. Uh, what is in my wheelhouse that we account properly and give that documentation to the people who have to make those decisions. So we'll see how that plays out. Next question is from Holly McDeed, KQED Radio. 
have any investigations been launched into the complaints filed against officers associated with their interactions with protesters? Um, not to this point, no. The process in San Francisco, not that I know of anyway, process in San Francisco is we have a Department of Police Accountability, which is an independent department from the police department. And I, and I say that and I emphasize that because part of what's going on in this country right now is about accountability. If anybody has a complaint, a member of the public has a complaint against the way we do business and we welcome accountability, contact the Department of Police Accountability. You can, you can, get their, you can go to their website if you don't have access to the website. Um, I'll try to get the phone number out to everybody. But, you know, we're transparent, and if, 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 if the public has a grievance about the way we conduct our businesses, they deserve an investigation to be conducted, and the, the Department of Police Accountability uh, will conduct that investigation. Can you outline the department's plans tonight and for the rest of the week? We're fully deployed tonight. We still have a cancellation of all days off. We still have the additional law enforcement resources uh, that the State Department or Office of Emergency Services has provided us, and we're going to go back at it tonight. Uh, we are committed to protecting property, particularly those businesses that are even more, more vulnerable because of the, the smashing of windows and the, uh, the damage that we've seen over the last few days. We will have officers posted in various locations across the city. Um, and we have squads ready to respond to any criminal activity, particularly in the midst of a, of a public protest. So uh, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of moving parts. And again, I, I will say, you know, I know why we, why we are here. We in policing understand that. We understand the accountability piece. But our officers are out there to protect the city and do a job. And I would just ask that, um, say a kind word if you can. And I, if I can go back to the uh, phone number for the Department of Police Accountability, it's 415-241. 7711. Okay, your last question, Chief, is from Dominic Fracasa, Samsco Chronicle. Can you shine light on what evidence exists for the assertion that there were criminal actors in the city who came to demonstrations to create chaos? Oh, yes, absolutely I can. So, loaded handgun last night, explosives in a backpack last night, Molotov cocktails. Yesterday, another Molotov cocktail was thrown at officers. Saturday night, there were several Molotov cocktails thrown at officers, individuals who came to this city with crowbars, bolt cutters, tools that were designed specifically to get into businesses to take property and loot. We saw a van passing out bricks to throw at officers on Saturday night. If that's anybody's idea of a peaceful protest, we need to talk about that. That's unacceptable, and we will not accept that. Thank you, Chief. The next questions are for Sheriff Paul Thank Miyamoto. You. Thank you, Sheriff Miyamoto. Your question is from Suki Lewis from KQED News. In terms of those 87 arrests, given the current no bail rule, how long were people held before being released? The, the arrest reference for last night's activities uh, involved uh, arrests that led up to about 20, 11 o'clock last night. Uh, 
Uh, those individuals, uh, as we mentioned earlier, in respect to the concerns of uh, the spread of COVID in our jails, uh, were in holding areas, uh, were outside in holding areas, which we started the site and release process for infractions and misdemeanors. Uh, they were not in the actual jail system. And of those individuals, there are 23 as of 5 o'clock this morning that were still in custody in our intake and release facility. How many people were actually booked, and what were the specific charges and demographics of the people who were booked into jail? I'll make sure that our office releases the specifics in terms of the demographics of those released to include uh, whether or not they were from out of county or out of San Francisco residents. Uh, we will make sure that we provide that for everyone uh, after this press conference. Thank you, Sheriff. This concludes our press conference for today.